Introducing Wondersuite from Bluehost.com, the tool that makes WordPress wonderful for everyone. Website creation is hard, but now with Bluehost, you can answer a few simple questions about your business and goals, and the Wondersuite tools will automatically lay out your WordPress website or store in minutes. Seriously. From there, you can customize your design, pick your brand colors and add blocks, no custom theme or coding required. You'll get content suggestions that you can keep or revise. And with Yoast SEO built in, we automatically help you get found in search engines. From step-by-step guidance to suggested plugins to an AI-powered help bot, our built-in tools make WordPress wonderful for everyone. Whether you're a beginner or a pro, you can join over 2 million Bluehost users. Go to bluehost.com slash wondersuite. That's bluehost.com slash wondersuite. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is the Supernaturally Paid Podcast, where all faith-based entrepreneurs come to get everything that they need about how to thrive in business, how to not worry about money, and how to trust God more than they trust their bank account. I am your host, Raven Hoquette. Let's get into the episode. Alrighty, y'all. So we are back at the ranch. We are back here for another edition of the God Pays Me Virtual Summit. I am your host, Raven Hoquette, and I'm so excited to be here with you guys and bring you all another guest, another amazing, distinguished woman of God. Before I introduce her, I just want to let y'all know if you want access to every single replay from this conference, as well as a bunch of other bonuses, Click on the link below and be sure to upgrade and join us as a VIP guest. We would definitely love to have you on board for VIP. Also, make sure that under each speaker's interview that you're clicking the link so that you can stay connected with them on social media as well. Now, let me just tell y'all like how me and my next guest, like I just met her not that long ago, but I really feel like I met her like 10 years ago. (laughs) because I think that a lot of times as Christians, even though, you know, you're, you're Christian and the other person is Christian, sometimes the beliefs on certain things kind of like vary a little bit and, you know, it can can get a little funny. It can get to be like a little gray area, but I feel like she has that boldness that she's not afraid to speak on topics that other people deem controversial. So we're going to talk today a little bit about some of the doors that people are opening when they're practicing certain things, but still considering themselves to be Christians. So I'm excited to get into that. But before we go there, let me just introduce y'all to Dr. Sharla Walker. She's the host of the God Girls and and Goal Talk. Oh, no, wait, God Goals and Girl Talk. I said it wrong. But the name is changing anyway, which we're going to talk about that in a second as well. Um, but her podcast is so fire. She's so fire. She's so amazing. And I'm really excited for her to just share a word with you guys. 
I wanted to put this conference together because right now there's a lot of fear going on, fear about what's going to happen with the recession, fear about what's going to happen as we get to the end of the year. Everybody's talking about fear and it's not enough people talking about how God says that even in the midst of a famine, he can still give you abundance. So I needed to get the women together that believe that, that I know are standing on that scripture with me. So welcome, welcome, Dr. Sharla. I'm so excited to have you with us. Girl, that introduction was giving. This is super awesome. I'm so excited for all the things and have been like silently applauding you in the background. I was like, come on and have a, a studio where I can come and take pictures and text. You better. You better, you better, do, you better do all the things. Um, and like you said, I love how bold you are um, just in your faith. And so, yeah, girl, we related. Yes. Okay. So cousin, <laughs> let's get into this talk. <laughs> I want to talk about a time in your business that you really have felt like I'm in need financially and it is only God that can do this. I cannot do it on my own strength. It's only God that can do it. What was that like? Girl, can we, can we talk about how he pulled up so I could quit my job last year? Mm. <laughs> so yeah. yes. So I, there's lots that God is, God be God in. I say that all the time. Like he just is him all the time. And I love him for that. Um, and so last year, so I'm a pediatric nurse practitioner by trade. Um, and I really needed some time off and God showed up in a way that was so outrageous that I have not had to work in the last 12 months. Mm. Um, and it really, and have not had any lack have traveled more, spent more time with my family. Um, there were some things going on in my body that he needed to reveal to me. And so my first year of being a full-time entrepreneur was really God sitting me down and reprioritizing my way of thinking. And so I was all like turned up. He was like, yeah, girl, your word is flourish. I was like, oh, it's about to go down. Like, this is about to be great. And he was like, you about to get a trainer <laughs> and work out. Wait a minute. We didn't discuss that. We didn't discuss that. And so in building wealth, God was showing me that wealth is built all the way around. So you can have all of the money, all of the things. Steve Jobs had all the money and he still ain't here. So God had to really demonstrate and show me some things within myself. And then in going into my business, he has continued to provide streams of income. So my first, within the first quarter of me leaving, I became um, one of the hosts of the Blessed and Bossed Up Society. So that was a stream of income that was I was not anticipating, but got pulled up anyway. I've had several clients pull up. My first client that I got, uh, my I do nonprofit consulting as well. And my first client that I got, I got two months after I left. Got mm. just now also just got pulled up on with two two new clients. Like God be Godding. And I have not done any of the like, overtly marketing type stuff. I just have not had a ton of release to do so because God has been building the foundation. And too often what he's shown me is too often we're so ready to get out front, make the Instagram post, change the colors, do all the things, but the foundation is not built. And if the foundation isn't solid, essentially you have nothing because one thing will devastate your business. So God has just done a lot of 
teaching me this year and showing me. So even with my clients, I've learned and sharpened my processes and being, I'm basically getting, I feel like I get paid to intern, which is fire on top of my bills being paid. Mm. I love how you talked about not having a market. And I want to highlight that because that's what the world tells us to do. That's what social media tells us to do. That's what all the experts tell us to do. That's what the books tell us to do. That's what the webinar, you know, that's what everything else tells us to do. But I think that there is so much power in being in a place where you are just so planted at the feet of Jesus that you're like, even if I don't market my business, you're going to keep your word in Genesis 12 and 2 and make my name great and make me known among the nations. Even if I don't market my business, you're going to keep your word from Deuteronomy 15 and 4 and you're going to make sure that I'm not poor and nobody around me is poor either. It's powerful because it takes to really be a certain place in your faith walk, especially when as a savvy business person, you know, like, okay, if I just get this funnel together, if I just go and make my posts and, you know, get my hashtag, it's like, you know, the things that you could do, but you just sit in obedience and say, God, I know you want to do it. So I'm going to surrender and I'm going to let you do it. Can you just talk a little bit about what it's like just having that trust? Because I feel like that takes trust more than anything. And so often we want to say like, God, take over but then at the same time, we also want to be like, well, not like that. Or you take over, you be in the boardroom, but let me come and sit next to you. And God is like, um, no. <laughs> so can you talk a little bit about what that surrender process has been like for you? Yes. I think it's something that God has started even over the course of my career. So again, so before I became a nurse practitioner, I worked as a, a neonatal intensive care unit nurse. So working with babies who are born prematurely. I learned very early that we are limited in what we can do as healthcare professionals. And quite honestly, I just seen God do too many things that we could not do for me to ever not trust him. I will never forget the moment that we had, um, we coded a baby for 45 minutes mm. and I was praying and I was also doing like the recorder. So I, in codes, we all have roles. And so I was the recorder. And minute by minute, I'm just praying. I'm like, God, like, I'm like, God, please, like this baby, this is a baby, right? Like, you know, it's a baby, like her, she was doing well. I had taken care of her previously, but not that night. She got really sick during the day, which NICU babies often do. And the night before I was so agitated because I felt like the provider was not listening to me. And so all night long, I had been fussing about this baby, calling and documenting and calling and documenting and doing what I needed to do. But when I came back, she was really sick. And so now I'm, I'm partly mad and because I want to fight this doctor who ignored me. And now we're in this position where this baby is coding. And we coded her for 45 minutes and they were getting ready to pronounce her. Mm. And I was like, God, let me tell you what's about to happen. I'm so upset right now that mm. when they do this when I see that lady on site because this did not have to happen mm. like on site I'm like God I'd like I need you to show up when I tell you nobody was touching that baby and a pulse came back on the screen mm. I said oh uh-huh <laughs> okay <laughs> like 
okay, okay. Like, girl, I'm even getting goosebumps thinking about it. I will never forget that moment. And I have tons of other moments like that. Kids who, you know, we're calling the parents to tell them there's nothing else that we can do. And I'm, I'm getting to see them go to the first grade. So there yeah. are, I've, I've learned to trust God very early, even in my career, just because of what I do. And so to me, it's nothing because I've seen him literally raise babies from the dead. So, mm-hmm. so to me, it's easy for me, me to trust him with my finances, um, even when it doesn't look like what we want it to look like. So me being a nurse and having somewhat of a type A personality, I'm very much so I like control. And one day I was, I was talking to God, we had just bought our house and I was teaching part-time, working full-time, doing my podcast, doing all the things. And God told me to quit my part-time teaching job. And I was like, no, that can't be the Lord because (laughs) that's my extra little fun money. I literally teach online. It's so like, it's, it's easy money. I love to teach students. And he told me, he said, you can either be Jehovah Jireh or I can. Mm. Like to whom it may concern (laughs) this letter of resignation. And in that, like we never experienced any lack. What I did not know was that there was a pandemic coming and my attention could not be divided from the work that I was having to do in clinic and what I was doing, you know, teaching. Also, God was advancing my nonprofit organization. He had me go back to school and get my doctorate. So God, the plans that God had for me, it seemed outrageous for us to have just bought a house and for you to tell me not to grab this extra couple thousand dollars. That's very easy money for me. And so what I've learned very quickly and what I remind myself often is I can either try to be Jehovah Jireh, which I'm not going to be good at because we are just not good at baseline. Or I can allow God to be who he is and who he wants to be. So it's not just that um, us trying to have control. It limits what God is going to do because he's not, he gives us free will. He's not going to impose his will on us. However, we have to be in a position to trust him with every area of our life. So I can't trust him to bring a baby back from the dead, but then not trust him to pay, make sure my bills are paid. I can, I, I have to do both. And so often, you know, when I feel like the enemy is trying to overwhelm me, I have to remind myself, first, I have to do a trust check because I didn't put my trust somewhere where it don't belong. And James, the James one, it talks about if you ask God for wisdom, he will give it to you without rebuke, but your faith has to be in God alone. And so anytime I feel impressed, I'm like, okay, my faith is somewhere it ain't supposed to be. And I literally run back and be like, okay, where you leave it at? Like I lost my keys. Where did you leave it? Okay, go pick it back up, repent for your life and let's get back to the show because without doing that um you will find yourself burdened and anxious and feeling overwhelmed and all of those things are schemes from the enemy when i could just be in a position of rest where i can cast my cares and continue to execute well and so it's something that i've had to learn but that that surrenderance started early when i you know even see kids in clinic Um, I had a kid who came in with like a common cold and he had a fever and it wouldn't shake. And every morning before I walk in, before I touch anybody, I'm like, God, these are your kids. Everybody in his staff to show me how to serve your kids today. Because again, how can I help heal people's bodies without consulting the person 
who made the body. That's goofy. <laughs> like, I don't know how much you do it to. That's goofy. <laughs> like, and so this kiddo ended up, I told his mom, I said, look, girl, she was a nursing student too. So my heart was for her. She was working. I said, I know today is your only off day. But when I tell you in my spirit, something is wrong. Mm. And the mom listened to me and that baby ended up in the hospital for 30 days. Cold virus ended up turning into pneumonia. So I told her, I said, one of two things is going to happen. They're going to either say, your nurse practitioner be wilding. And my ego is not too big for me to be loud and wrong. I would rather you go and they do x-rays and all the things that I can't do in office um, because it was a Friday. I made an appointment to see him Monday. I go and check the chart in the hospital on um, Monday morning and Sunday he had coded and almost died. And I told her, I said, when kids break, because I work in the ICU, I said, when kids break, they break fast. And so similarly with my business, how can I start a business serving God's people without consulting him on how to do it? Especially Mm -hmm. if I want to be sustained in it. And so it's really a matter of deciding who you're going to put your faith in. As for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. And Mm -hmm. that that has to show even in my decision-making. I can't serve myself in the world and on social media and X, and X, Y, and Z, and then on church and on a, a post say I'm serving the Lord. Nah. Mm. The testimonies about the kids hit me so hard because my sister, one of my little sisters is actually a pediatric nurse practitioner as well. Mm-hmm. And so when I was pregnant with my son and I had a high-risk pregnancy with him, and really the high-risk pregnancy was due to stress about finances. God had just had me, you know, shut down like my coaching business, and he was providing, but it was like on some like little by little, got what we need for the day, but then what about tomorrow? You know, it was just, it it felt very overwhelming to me at that time, and when I was like probably right before going into my second trimester, I started when I would go to the doctor having these high blood pressure readings. And it was just so tough because I had never experienced that before. So it was like, where's this coming from? And then now, of course, I'm going to Dr. Google and looking up the worst that could happen and, you know, just making myself completely panic. And at the time, for me, my sister was like a crutch because one, she had a child before. So, you know, I'm speaking to her about being pregnant from that aspect, but I'm also speaking to her like as from somebody that's in the medical field. So Mm -hmm. I remember one day she said, take a deep breath and remember that it's just numbers. And I still think about that to this day when I think about so many other things, like if something is going on in my finances, I'm just like, it's just numbers. Like she literally said, it's just numbers. They'll change. Why are you tripping? You'll be okay. It's going to get better. And when I look at things in front of me, I'm like, it's just a number. Like some of us are letting a number, the number in our bank account reflect the level of our praise for God. We're letting the number that's in our bank account just completely take down our mental health for that day. And I mean, just listening to these stories about the babies and you know, this is why we got to listen to God when he calls us to the professions that we ca- he calls us to. Because look at him showing you his hand just through 
all these different people and all these different stories about the patients that you've served. But getting a real-time example of it does not matter how long something seems to be dead, God can revive it. Is I mean, when you were talking about that first baby, girl, I was over here about to pause this thing because I'm like, oof, I'm about to break just like, you know, thinking about this because it's never over until God says that it's over, ever. So I want to ask you just to give some advice because I know that it's somebody listening in and maybe they have not even heard any of the other interviews, but maybe they've been called to this one and they just feel like giving up on everything right now. You know, right now we see so many people literally committing suicide, jumping off of buildings due to finances. What would you say to the person that feels like it's over? They can never dig themselves out of this hole. I would tell them to follow the father and not their feelings. And I have to remind myself of that all the time. Our feelings be lying, child. All the time. They be lying. And oftentimes our feelings, our emotion, you know, they're often talked about in the Bible in regards to your heart. So are you guarding your heart? And I, I did a podcast episode where I talked about all of us being born with like a spiritual heart defect. I'm a nerd. So if I could talk about medical stuff, and Jesus at the same time, I'm going to do it. Um, and so, you know, in the Bible, it talks about how the heart is deceitful above all other things. Like who, like we don't even understand our own hearts. And so we have to decide what we're going to stand on. Are we going to stand on truth or are we going to stand on the lies of the enemy? And truly, when you get to the root of it, what God had to show me was that it was an identity crisis. So, too often we confuse circumstances and identity and they are not the same. They are not equivalent by any means. So although like, so my, my Gigi who really was so pivotal in my faith walk, she passed away. She had breast cancer. Here I am out here trying to crusade and start this whole little movement. Um, I ain't even going to talk about the first podcast I had where I was trying to like get everybody and increase health literacy because ain't nobody else going to die from breast cancer not on my watch. And I had did an event where I wanted people to share their breast cancer stories and only one person had submitted their thing. And it, it devastated me. I like, I took it personal. And so I went to God and I was so upset and he told me that I was confusing my grandmother's identity and the circumstance of her having breast cancer. He said, they are not the same. And if she was here, you know, good and well, she, my grandmother was like, I got my bags packed. I'm waiting on the Lord. So y'all can keep. <laughs> like y'all can keep all that chemo, y'all can keep all that. And so he reminded me that breast cancer was a circumstance that happened to her, but her identity, he reminded me of how she had Bible study students at her memorial service, children, people who were children when mm. she taught them. And so in me really having to understand her identity, I had to repent because I was, that's my grandmother, but that's his daughter. He was like, you don't relegate my daughter to a disease when she was so much more than that. Mm. And so I would challenge anybody to stop relegating your circumstances to who God has called you to be. At one mm. point, Joseph was in the pit. And Joseph was in the pit and was also a prisoner. And was also, before he got to the palace, he had the lady try to steal his drawers, girl. Like, what? <laughs> like, so many things happened to him. He was a slave. He was, he, he had all of these circumstances. And yet, and still, 
that was not his identity. Everywhere he went, everything he touched, people prospered. Everything he laid his hands to prospered because of his identity, despite the circumstance. And so I would encourage anybody listening to, re to remember who you are. And I know that's, that's not scripture, that's the Lion King, but it still hits, okay? Remember who God has called you to be. And too often, we do not see the enemy when it comes to him trying to attack our identity. I find it very funny. Now, you Raven, you know, because your sister, a nurse practitioner, we gonna pay attention to every detail. And I feel mm -hmm. like that's a gift that I have. And when you read in Matthew 4, when Jesus is in the wilderness and he's having this head to head with the enemy, one thing that got on my nerves was that the enemy kept saying, if you are the son of God. And I was like, it's very clear that you know who he is. Mm -hmm. No matter what happens, Jesus, his, the humanity of Jesus was starved. The humanity of Jesus was, was probably tired. He had nothing to drink, had nothing to eat. And so the enemy wanted to challenge his identity first to get him to move out of position. If yep. you are the son of God, turn these stones into bread. But Jesus said that he saw Satan fall like lightning. And the demons, when he came to cast them into the pigs, they already asked, why are you here? Because they, they know him. So he wants to make sure that you don't know who you are. Mm -hmm. You don't know who you are and whose you are and you don't truly have that rooted on the inside of you, everything is going to devastate you. Yep. Everything. Literally everything. everything. Yep. yep. Everything. I try to tell people the importance of knowing what the Bible says about money. And I feel like it's so powerful because if you don't know what the Bible says about money, you'll listen to what the world says about money. And, you know, I always tell my husband, it's, it's so crazy because it sounds like a little bit of like, just why would you say that? That's not like a good word. But I always tell my husband that one of the things that I love about him is the level of audacity that he has, because he truly has the audacity to believe that God can do any and everything just like above and beyond what we are asking of him. It's like. I can remember when in 2019, again, newly married, newly moved, you know, across the country, just found out that we were expecting when God told me to shut down my coaching business. He had also had my husband walk away from his business as well. And I remember praying about what to do and God telling me to shut down my coaching business. It didn't seem like it made, made any sense because at that time it's like, why would you shut down your business and your business is kind of the one that's bringing in the most revenue at this moment? But when I said something to my husband about that, he literally was like, yeah, okay, so what's for dinner? Like, it was no, like, hesitation. There was no, like, are you sure about this or what are we going to do? It was simply, I know that God has this covered, but I also know that that's because he has heavily studied his Bible and he knows what the Bible says about money. Like anytime that I feel like I've gone through a situation financially and I'm just like, oh my goodness, you know, this is so overwhelming. And oh, like, how is this going to happen? How is that going to happen? I go right back to the word of God. I go right back to the scriptures. I, I think about how when Elijah was out there hungry, God used the ravens to feed him. I think about 
all these different instances in the Bible when it was just like, how? But God did it anyway. Waves literally made out of no way. Waves literally made out of something that you didn't even see coming. I think about the three brothers being in a fire pit and coming out with not a piece of ash on them. Like that's how good God is. Like you will literally go through the fire and God will make you fireproof, but you have to be willing to go through stuff. And I want to talk about that because I think sometimes we have this misconception that I'm a Christian, so I shouldn't go through anything. Nothing should happen to me and everything is just roses and great all the time. And that's how the enemy creeps up on people because you have that assumption. So then when something does happen, because it's not if something's going to happen, it's when. When something Mm -hmm. does happen, it's like all of a sudden you don't think that God is as good anymore because how could he let this happen to you? So can you talk about that for a second? Like people that think that just because you're a Christian, you're never going to go through something. Yes. (laughs) Girl, you about to have me. The Lord is like out here about to have me do a whole whole thing. (laughs) Here's the thing. One thing that I'm really a proponent of and how my my podcast even started is because I feel like as people who are truly living for God, I mean, like people who truly have a heart to posture to serve God, we have this like two-way battle that we have to fight. We have to combat Christian culture because Christian culture and being a follower of Christ are not the math they'll be mathing. Nope. Right? And then we also have to fight the ops. Now, me, I don't put no respect on the devil's name. So to me, he little Lucy. Okay, little Lucy always got an attitude problem. To me, he wear like busted up, like uh, black horses. The shoestrings are busted. Like he asking you for a hug. He's a bunch of bow jeans and a tall tee. And he's just raggedy to me because I have no respect for him at all. However, what we have to learn is to read the instructions. Like it's in it's in the book. And what we've done is that we will say that we love our God, but we don't spend time heeding to his word or even being in his word. And so I found that oftentimes in church, they'll tell you what to do, but not how to do it. And they won't give the importance. So the pastor up there hooping and hollering, he sounds like he need a respiratory therapist ASAP. And I feel encouraged, but I don't leave with anything that's going to be impactful throughout my week. And so for me, I don't have to yell nor scream because the word of God is sharper than any two-edged sword. And I think that the the biggest barrier is just the lack of knowledge. God tells us, he doesn't say that we, we perish for lack of faith, lack of money, lack of praying, lack of fasting. We perish due to lack of knowledge. And if you don't know, then you won't do what you're supposed to. Jesus makes it very clear. You will be persecuted. The end. <laughs> you, you will face persecution. You will face trouble. And what I found is that people read part of the scripture, the part that's quotable or that fits in your mm-hmm. IG stories or the part that somebody that's um, popular but still not sound in their doctrine didn't quote it, misquote it, mistook. And they don't go and triple double check. Like we need to really get, get do a better job at 
finding out like who cooked this food before I eat it, because we'll do that with some macaroni and some potato salad, but not with the word of God that's supposed to be feeding our spirit. So you just eating it. Anybody at the table, people, they, they spiritual house nasty. They got roaches in there and it's, it's not good. And then when something happens to you, you have nothing to sustain you. And you want to know why the devil is mollywhopping you. It is because there's no way to get around doing the work and being in God's word. God makes it very clear that the only way, if we want success, and I'm talking financially, I'm talking in your marriage and anything, Joshua 1.8 makes it very clear. Study this book of instruction, meditate on a day and night. Only then will you achieve success. And too often... We talk about meditating on the scripture day and night, but we don't read the second half where it says only then will you achieve success in all that you do. So if you're looking for success and trying to do it void of God's word, you're going to fall every time. It is not going to be sustainable. You cannot do your will and do your will the world's way and then try to throw God's name on it like he's a co-signer when he's the author and the finisher. It's just not going to work like that. And so the first thing that we have to do is be rooted in his word, because in that you would then learn that in Luke 10, 19, when it talks about us having authority, it says that that the, the enemy, he has the things that he does against us. They will have no power, but that doesn't mean the things won't come. We are now the ops. So the devil is going to come. That's why all hell breaks loose the minute you decide you are going to give your life to Christ because you go from being army reserve to being active duty and you're in the middle of battle. The war never stops happening. But when you are not living for God and you're sitting on the sidelines, you're self-destructing. So the enemy doesn't have to do anything to you. However, when you make the decision to join the winning side, he's going to do everything, especially in the infancy of your walk, in the infancy of your business and in all of the infancies, because just like the NICU babies, we are most vulnerable in our infancy. So we need to make sure that we are built up in the word of God. And it's not hard. God is very clear. We like to make things complicated. Okay. Yeah. The psalmist said it could all be so simple, but you'd rather make it hard. And, and that's our problem. Yeah. <laughs> that's what she did. That's the problem. The minute that we stop confusing simplicity and ease, you will be much better off. I love, love, love the boldness with that statement. I mean, give it to them straight every single time. I want to talk a little bit about some of these new age practices. And this is always for me just like a very touchy spot, not because I'm on the fence about it because I know exactly what it is, but I feel like you have a lot of people that dabble in things and they don't look at the root of it so because mm. they never got into the root of it it's like well what's wrong with this it's just a crystal what's wrong with saying that it, I'm, I'm only talking about the law of attraction what's wrong with using sage to cleanse my space what's wrong with associating myself with my quote-unquote astrological sign you know it's like we have been so taught in the world that all of these things are just so like acceptable, no matter, you know, what your beliefs are that we don't want to get into 
the root of it. We don't want to quote unquote, make it complicated. We don't want to quote unquote, go that deep. And God forbid we post something about it on social media. And now we get deemed as religious because we're just simply stating the truth about something. So can you talk a little bit about that? Because a lot of people are opening doors that I really don't even believe that they know that they're opening by just practicing certain things as Christians. Yes. And I love that we are talking about this because, oh girl, this is, this is one of the things that God has really given me a voice behind. And, and again, it's because at the end of the day, this whole thing is about strategy. So you want to talk about business strategy. We talk about strategy for everything, but I am a military brat. And so when you say we're at war, that means that there's a level of strategy here. And so when we start really looking at the root of all of these witchcraft practices, because that's what they are, we will find some very, and you got to be in your word. That's why you got to be in your Bible. The, the biggest thing with them all encompassed, all of this new age, all of these new age practices is that they turn the focus from savior to self. So you want you want your eyes to be open. You want to know more about yourself. But is that not the very same thing that the devil tricked Eve with in the beginning? And that's how we got to this whole little ghetto situation that we are in. <laughs> Anything that the enemy brings to us, it is going to have the appearance of good. But once you realize that everything that is deemed good is not God, you will be in a lot safer space because it is part of him um, everything that he does, he's a coward, right? So everything that he does is going to be subtle. It's not, if he came out, I was like, hey, I'm the devil and I'm trying to, I'm trying to break your soul like Beyonce. Like, <laughs> like, like, he's not going to, like, it's not going, you, it would make it easy. That's not good warfare. But what he does is a, a strategy that God showed me is called guerrilla warfare, where you implant um, like in, in Iraq, my dad was telling me about how they would use kids to, like for suicide bombs. So these sol like soldiers would see kids walk up to them and they would be, they would feel like it's unassuming because it's a child and that child has a bomb or a gun. And yeah. so enemy works the same way. It's guerrilla warfare. So of course, I'm going to have the image of me be pitchfork red horns and i'm gonna be on a match.com commercial which was trash i was like no 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 you did not i'm going to do things like casper the friendly ghost when the only ghost we talk to around here is the holy one hey you guys it's raven here if you are an entrepreneur and you want to have god i'm talking about fully engulfed in your business you absolutely need the supernaturally paid course this course is going to let you in on strategies that God gave me to get my income passively to a point that I never thought that it could go. We're talking about all of the ins and outs of marketing. We're talking about sales. We're talking about building generational wealth. We're talking about how to get into a place where you know how to have money talks with God. We are completely going in to how you can become supernaturally paid in your business. So make sure that you do not miss out on an opportunity to sign up for this course. We have a special discount code for listeners of the Supernaturally Paid podcast. So make sure you look in the notes section and grab that discount code. I'm going to do things like 
um, hocus pocus. So when I say that something, when I tell you somebody's a witch, you think that I'm preposterous because your only point of reference is Disney Channel. Yep. And so it's a strategy that he utilizes where he makes things seem safe. He makes them seem like they are harmless and really it is killing you. And so with all of those new age practices, not only is it a guerrilla warfare strategy, so now you're opening up the doors to demonic spirits, you're opening up the doors for strongholds, you're opening up generational curses, your children's children are going to be combating all of this stuff because you decided that you wanted to go do yoga without understanding that yoga, those the poses are, are postures of acceptance and of worship to another God. I don't care that you're doing it on a mat that got a scripture on it. That makes it even more blasphemous. I don't care that you pray when you sage. Was Jesus on the cross by himself or not? Because by doing these things, what you're what you are then telling God is that his son and his son's blood were not enough. Jesus was up there all by himself. He ain't smudged, not near nothing. Okay, sage has its place in my dressing on Thanksgiving, but it ain't about to clean those spirits. That's just not what it does. What you are doing, though, is opening up an opportunity for the enemy and all of these demons, because when he fell, there was a third of heaven's angels that went with him. They are demonic spirits and they are very real. And I think that it's it is this position of feeling like God needs your help. Girl, sit down. That's that's not that's not what he needs. If we could have done it, then Jesus wouldn't have had to come. So at some point, we're going to have to decide again, are we going to serve ourselves? Are we going to serve what makes us feel good? Are we going to serve what everybody else is doing? Or are we going to serve the God whom we say that we love? We'll tell God that we gave him our whole life and then treat him like a sneaky link. And I don't be appreciating it. So we have to really make sure that we are solid in our decision making because these things are opening up portals. They're opening up doors and your soul is at stake. Not even going to talk about how these things will drain your finances. You're always going to find yourself in a position where you are going to lack because you are not following the provider. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I'm just so happy that this conversation went there because I think that, you know, another thing I want to piggyback off of that you mentioned was how sometimes we make things so hard. It's like being on your faith walk already has the times that are hard. You know, we have times that we experience trials. We have times that we're wondering why certain things is happening to us. But when you open up them doors, oh my goodness, it's like, why not even do that? You know, like there's been times that stuff has been presented to me and I just know, like, don't even go down that door. Like, don't don't even do it. Like the other day <laughs> I'm on Instagram. Somebody comes on my page in the comment section and I don't even remember what the caption was about. It was something um, pertaining to Supernaturally Paid. So I know that the caption was mentioning things about God. And so the lady comes in my comments talking about, 
all this stuff about the ancestors and may they be with me and all of this. And may they, um, what did she say? May they comfort me and may they bring me joy and just child bye. And y'all know I wanted to just go all the way in, ma'am. Do not play on this page. Don't even, you know, I wanted to do all that, but I said, you know what? Like, I'm not even going to allow the devil to invite me into sin today. I'm just going to leave this comment off my page. I'm going to block this person and I'm going to go on ahead and I'm going to keep it moving. Like, you know, even something like that, it's easy to think, well, let me just go and let me trash this woman on the internet because she out here doing this and she doing that. But that's not the way that God wants us to respond to that. You know, so we have to be very careful about like you can still be bold and you can still be on fire for Christ. But I think that we do have to understand that, you know, there's a way to correct people in our lives. And I feel that it's good to mention that because who, what entrepreneur has never been through something with an employee or with somebody that you contracted mm -hmm. and, and hired or, or even when you go out to eat or something and you have a bad customer service experience, like these are all things that you need to think about when you have your own business. There's going to be times that you mess up. There's going to be times that things fall through the cracks. Like imagine somebody trying to cancel you because you simply made a mistake. So for me, I feel like when I think about God paying me, I really believe that God also pays me because I give people grace, you know, because I used to be the person that when I see somebody doing anything, any type of witchcraft, any type of new age practice, I'm just completely done with you. But now I'm looking and I'm praying for you. One, that I'm praying that God will reveal it to you. One. Yeah. And I'm praying that when he reveals it to you, that you will be obedient swiftly, that you will shut all the doors and you will denounce and you will repent for what you've done. I'm praying for that. But then also, I'm just keeping you lifted generally. You know, yeah. like if God is telling me to be there for you, like when I need to pray for you or whenever, like I want to be there. But it wasn't always that easy for me to love yeah. on people that I felt like was making not the right decisions. But I'm like, dang, I cannot imagine God just canceling me because one night I forgot to pray or canceling me, you know, because I, I was supposed to be fasting one day and ending my fast at six o'clock, but I ate at 555. You know, like there's a level of grace I feel that has to come with working for the kingdom of God. I want to ask you, what scripture would you give them to stand on? Because I think that we all have a different one. Um, most people have mentioned a different one. So what scripture would you give them to stand on in this part of the journey where you just have to really surrender your finances to God and just trust him with everything? Oh, girl, there's so many. <laughs> there's so Many, jeez. I would say Philippians, Philippians four. Be anxious for nothing, but in everything with prayer and petition, supplication, child. Make your known to God, because in that, when God had me study that scripture, like we all knew to be anxious for nothing, right? I was like, okay, God. Like, why are we back here? <laughs> um, and what I've learned 
And one thing that God had me do in this year while he had me wait was um, he had me, I completed a biblical studies certificate program. Um, and in doing that, I learned how to study God's word even more. And so now I'm like, oh, I need to go to the Greek and see what's up with this. And when we translate things to English, things don't really translate over well because English is just a bunch of stolen people stuff put together <laughs> kind of this country, but that's another topic for another day. And so, so in the Greek, the word anxious means distracted, divided, to be sinfully worried. And that changed the game. When I really understood what God meant, and then I'm able to now see the strategy that the enemy is trying to use, because oftentimes what happens is when you are worried about your finances, you're divided and you're distracted, you are not then able to execute um, what God is calling you to do. You'll find yourself ready to willfully move into disobedience because you think that you're drowning, but you are not. Yep. If the Lord is your shepherd and you shall not want, that means that he's going to provide. And so that means he's going to provide. That means he's going to pilot us and he's going to protect us. When I remember that God is my father, I don't have to be anxious because, because he is a father. He's going to make sure the things that are best for me will happen. Even in us talking about the new age movement, I had a young lady who had asked me to do an interview with her and I made a post about yoga. And so she had hit me up very respectfully. Um, was like, hey, can I talk to you about something? And we hopped on a call and she was like, well, I saw your post about yoga and I, you know, I suggest that to my clients and, you know, I just wanted to get more of like where you're gathering, you know, this from, because I want to make sure that it's going to be in alignment with, you know, us, like me having you on the platform is going to be in alignment with what God has called us to do both ways. Mm-hmm. Initially, I was like, girl, wait, <laughs> but excuse me. I had to remember grace, right? Stop. We have to we have to also remember that we are ambassadors for Christ in everything that we do. Like I really hate when people talk about they don't know what their purpose is because Jesus said in Matthew 28, it's for us to bring people into the knowledge of Christ and to make them disciples, to teach them his ways and like so they can follow him. And People be out here paying all the 99.99s to learn about their purpose. And Jesus told you what it is. What mm-hmm. God does is he uses the unique gifts and talents to then fulfill that purpose in a different way. And so we waste a lot of time asking God what his purpose is. And you want to know why you're not hearing nothing because he said he said what he said. And so in that, I've learned that my purpose is to teach. I have an affinity for teaching. I do it in my practice with patients. I do it in me, you know, being able to teach Bible study in the society on my podcast. I'm a teacher. And so God had to check my flesh and say, are you going to be self-righteous or are you about to walk in your purpose in this call? And so I was able, now I stand 10 toes down because I said what I said, because it's, it's fact. (laughs) However, to be able to deliver it in a way that she understood and that was not of a religious spirit and that was educating her 
if the goal, if the whole purpose of everything that we do is to grow the kingdom of God, what do we look like shunning people away because they don't have the knowledge? Is it not then our role to share that knowledge and wisdom with her? And so I even told her, I, I appreciated her having enough boldness to come and ask me and to sit and listen to what I say. And so she was like, I'm going to take, I'm going to take it back to God. And, you know, pray on it. Yes, do do what you need to do. I, I'm going to provide scriptures. I'm going to provide reference. I'm a nurse, okay? Documentation, documentation, documentation. Right. I'm going to give it. And every, so time. I, every single time, okay? And so she saw that I wasn't speaking simply from a position of somebody else told me that this is wrong. No, 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 no. If you look at the root of where yoga came from, this is what this is. It, I don't care if you try to dress it up. If you play... Uh, Hezekiah Walker, while you're doing it, you're still doing the thing. <laughs> and too often we condemn people, but we were able to not, I was able to not only educate her, but then she decided, she decided to go forward with the interview and God had to really check my flesh. Cause I was like, girl, like it made me annoyed that the enemy would try to use something like, like yoga, really little Lucy, that's, that's what you own. <laughs> like, <laughs> that that's what we're on today fine um but it really also was a test in me being true to who I am and having a level of authenticity because too often Christian culture we we be pulling the 52 fake who you are online and offline do not correlate the same references that I make here I am like this I I, I am just like this I do not pull switch I don't do none of that because I don't have to because God created me uniquely to teach in the way that he's taught me to teach. So you'll hear me make references about things, but it's so that you can draw a an understanding, <laughs> right? Like you can understand how trash the devil really is. Like that dude that always be asking for a hug, that's him. Quit letting him talk you out your stuff. So you're going to let him talk you out your money? Wow. Okay. Okay. When we are able to start positioning things that way, we have a better understanding and we we can better utilize our authority we be trying to use authority for stuff that we ain't got authority for mm -hmm. like changing our situation you don't have that authority <laughs> you don't we have authority over the tricks and the schemes of the enemy and that authority is borrowed you all by yourself you don't have it it's because of the relationship that i have that positions me for that. So when I talk about being anxious for nothing, I mean nothing because the Bible talks about what happens when you are double-minded. So you're either going to be anxious or you're going to get nothing, but you cannot have both. And so once we understand that you can't play both sides of the fence, once we understand that I'm either S-O-U-L-D sold out for God or not, then you'll make a decision. In that scripture where it talks about, like, make a decision today who you're going to serve. You can either serve the Savior or yourself, but you cannot do both. You're either going to follow the Father or your feelings, but you cannot do both. Yeah. The, the, path, the path is narrow. And so when you spend time with God, and even as we're talking about being supernaturally paid, one thing that God had to show me as well is that compensation is not always monetary. 
So as you were talking about the way that you treat people and you serve people, the principles of God are always going to stand. He is God. He cannot and will not lie. He like he he, he literally cannot lie. What he says happens. Period. And so that's why Lil Lucy can take the law and the principle of reaping and sowing and call it the law of attraction. Goodbye. Yeah. It, it, the biblical principle his principles are going to stand always even when you're on your job and you don't want to be there and so you showing up late and you cutting up and you're a trash employee and you sow that seed and then you want to know why your business is falling apart it's reaping and sowing some of the things that we are are dealing with is not the devil it's your decisions mm-hmm. but giving him even that much authority we have the ability to make decisions. The Bible talks about that if we're ever tempted, God always makes a way of escape. So if you decided not to escape, it's your decisions. It's not It's not always the devil. It's very easy for us and we like it. When I asked God, I was like, so why do we do that? And it's because we don't like accountability. Accountability is ownership. I, I'm the owner. I, I, I'm the COO of my business because God is the CEO. So I'm, I'm the owner. Okay. Shout out to you. I, I'm, I am here. However, I have to really make sure that I'm standing in doing the things that God has called me to do. So if God is not the author of confusion, why, why would I have somebody be confused when they come on my website and expect right. God to show up? We like, we can, let's make this practical. You're asking God for financial breakthrough, but you're not a good steward over the resources that he's already giving you because money is not evil. Money is a thing. It's a resource. It's the love of money. That's the root of all evil. And this is why you have to read your Bible. David wasn't broke. Solomon wasn't broke. Joseph wasn't broke. Like these are kings. They are not poor. So that lie that people have told us is a lie. And so what you have to understand is that God is the father. So he's not going to give you something that you are not spiritually mature enough to handle. So if, if Raven, how old is your son now? He'll be three next month. Oh, that baby, you got a three major. <laughs> Girl. Yeah, exactly. You would, give, you would not give him a steak knife. <laughs> nope. not, because, not because the steak knife is bad. The steak knife is a tool. Okay, it cuts steak. That's what it's for. But he does not have the maturity and the understanding to know that, hey, you have to use this properly because if you don't, you can hurt yourself or someone else. And likewise, we are out here asking God for money and increase and financial increase. And God's like, no, 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 no. You don't have the spiritual maturity yet. And before you hurt yourself or someone else, you won't have it. Some of us need to quit asking God for more and go take a financial literacy class. <laughs> okay. I'm constantly having that conversation as well. Because <laughs> we love to do that. You know, increase is my portion and God, you know, increase this and do that. And it's nothing wrong with asking for increase, but are you taking care of what he's giving you? You know, I even mm-hmm. find myself having to check myself about, Things that before I looked at as little things, like before I was the typical like woman that they described where, 
my car wasn't like super dirty, but it was, you would definitely get in my car and find three pairs of shoes in there, trunk is overflowed, this in there, that's in there. I don't do that anymore. And I don't do that anymore because it's a lesson about taking care and being a good steward over what God has already given you. You know, even asking God, like, God, I really just want to lose a few pounds. I really want to do this. You know, we're saying that, but all God said to do was to give up sugar. All God said to do was to give up this. He might not have even told you to give it up forever, but temporarily. Yeah. And we don't even want to do that when we know that we only get one body. <laughs> you know, we know that we got to even be good stewards, you know, in our marriages and not get complacent. But it's still so easy to get tricked into getting into this place of complacency. Also with our business, you know, same thing. Oh, well, I've been at this. For 10 years, you know, I'm never going to have to do this. I'm never going to have to do that. I will never forget. I think it was maybe like my first or second year being self-employed. And I remember seeing people that had been 10 years self-employed, 15 years self-employed, having to go back to a nine to five. And I was mm -hmm. like, what is going on? Because don't get me wrong. If that's what God told you to do, it ain't nothing wrong with that. But these yeah. people weren't going back because God told them to. They were going yeah. back because they were forced to. They got in a place of complacency with their business. And I mean, that taught me a hard lesson very early, just seeing other people go through that. And so for my business, I'm always adapting. But most importantly, I'm always adapting to what God tells me to do. I'm going to be honest. I did not want to start a podcast. I remember yeah. one time. I had literally told people, listen, stop asking me. I'm never starting a podcast. I'm never mm -hmm. doing it. I can remember even getting frustrated with events and straight up asking God, can you just not call me to do this no more? Can you ask somebody else? Can I just do the cute little virtual events? I don't want to do the ones where I got to book the hotel and deal with a room block and make sure people should come and show up. And, you know, that was really how I, I put it to God. But God is like, no. I said you. And so you don't get that decision to be like, okay, I want God to pay me, but I'm going to do, I'm going to only listen to half of this. I'm going to listen to half. No, you don't get to do that. I, I don't know about y'all, but when I get paid, I like my money in full. So I'm mm -hmm. about sitting out here being halfway obedient and expecting and asking God to pay me in full. I'm going to give him his obedience in full because I need my checks in full. I like my checks with interest. I like my checks with some grace on them. I like my mm -hmm. checks consistently. I like all that. And that mm -hmm. definitely requires things of me. Yes. I don't like being on camera. So if you follow me on Instagram the last, what, like two years or so, uh, not two years, two, two or three months, God has told me I need this. Like after I teach Bible study in the society to get on Instagram and like basically like do like a little mini lesson based on the lesson I taught. And I absolutely said, why? <laughs> you can ask God questions. So I'm like, but why though? And he said, the things that, for the things that you're asking me for, Charlotte, this is what's required. So you can do them or not. <laughs> you can do them or not. Yeah. But this is this is what's required. That That's it. And I have to always remind myself to go back, check God's resume. Okay, because... 
when he told me when I started my nonprofit in 2019 to have the service and the program be all virtual, nothing like that was being done. Not for me to not know that there was a panini coming around the corner and everything was going to have to be virtual anyway. So while other organizations are scrambling to try to figure out how to serve the, the participants and the clients that they serve, um, we were good. We were good, even though nobody had ever seen. I always tell people, I said, we, you know, we were online BC before COVID because right. God told me to set it up that way. And so oftentimes God will have us do things. And they, again, it's one of those things that it's not, that wasn't that obedience always is going to pay out, but it's not always monetary. The compensation was that when people came to look at our website and our programs and funders and different things like that, we were already set and ready to go. The compensation was the young women's lives who did not have any interruption because we were already prepared. And again, too often, we want to go out and go get the money, but you don't have the systems in place. When we talk about the Proverbs 31 woman, she had stuff set up in order. God is a God of order. And that's not going to change. So either establish the order or get some help to establish the order, but don't think that you are going to see dividends on seeds that you're fumbling. He gives seeds to the sower. So you can't, you also can't hoard your way because scare money don't make money. Learn that this year. So you can't hoard your way into, well, if I don't ever spend it, then it's not, uh, you know, I don't, if I don't ever take a risk, then it's not going to, um, I'm, I can't lose. Yeah, you can. Okay. I need you to go back to what happened to the manna that God supplied uh, over there in Exodus. If they tried to store it, it turned into maggots because he's going to, you, you're again, trying to do it on your own terms. I need you to go read about the, the, the parable of the talents where the, the servant who buried the talent out of fear, who took the money and hid it, was called wicked and evil. Some of us are out here not willing to do the things that are required that to get what God is, is, is that he has for us and that we're asking for. And then we blame the devil. Yep. And so we have to also make sure that as much as we talk about God showing up that you are obedient. Case in point, I live in Florida. It's ghetto down here right now, okay? There was a hurricane. We were stranded in Orlando. Um, they told us to evacuate to Orlando because it was inland dry. It floods in Orlando. It floods in Orlando. The entire neighborhood where our Airbnb is, is flooded. We... Our cars are perfectly fine. There are people who they're devastated. Our house here, a couple little pieces missing off the fence. They gonna fix that. That's what insurance is for. I get in the house the day we get back. The story is ghetto. It just is ghetto, but God kept us. Mind you, this was a category four, almost a category five hurricane. Category five is like 157 miles per hour. Ian was going 155. So to me, it's cat five, okay? A category four to five hurricane, not only has did God keep us, we have plenty of food. We have plenty of, of all the things. I get home in the mail. 
there is a check for almost $700. Because when we got flood insurance last year, Raven, God said, do your due diligence and make sure that, because we weren't in a flood zone and then they like rezoned and we were, and I was like, well, we're going to get the flood insurance. We're not going to be goofy and not protect the the asset that God has given us. Again, wisdom. Right. Your money don't make money. I'm going, this, God gave us this house. So it, I would be foolish. You don't, you can't be mandated to have flood insurance, but there are people in Fort Myers who either couldn't afford, which I understand because it's very expensive. They couldn't afford it, et cetera, et cetera. And so they don't have flood insurance, but I'm not going to not protect the asset that God has given me order. So, but in that, I was like, look, this, this high. So we had to pay money to come out and get a survey redone. And I told my husband, I was like, I really feel like God is telling us to do this. Worst case scenario, they say no. And we lose, you know, the couple hundred dollars that we paid for the survey. But at least if we ever decided we want to sell, we got the certificate. So it wasn't a wash. That was in December of 2021. They sent us our rebate check on seven. It's been almost 12 months. Mm. So not only did I get home, not only was everything safe and sound, not only did God keep us, got us home safe, traveling mercies, traveling grace, there was a check. And my husband got a birthday check from his mama. I said, wait a minute. There's money in here. (laughs) I'm just happy to be home at this point. But there's money in here. Mm. The week before my car, I'm I'm kind of I'm low-key a little cheap. And so my car is the same car I got in in uh, it's a 2013. It's a charger. Night rider's cute. That's my boo, and we're gonna ride till the wheels fall off. Um but we, she, we are that's my baby. All of my friends keep trying to tell me, like, girl, my dad even like girl, you are a doctor. So does she work? Can I get back and forth? That's all that matter to me. The Bluetooth work, I can be in there, we're gonna live. There was some work that needed to be done on my car, and God told us not to delay. Do you think that I saw a hurricane coming and I knew I was going to need to drive my car two hours? No, I work from home, so I'm not rushing anything. Right. So even in that, we paid the money, but then we were protected. So that's I'm like the, the God paying you. It's not always monetary compensation. It's yeah. favor. <laughs> it's grace. It's the opportunity to even be sitting here and speaking with you like favor, grace. If you are gaining something, you are being paid. The compensation is not always money. It will be money. Now, I'm not here telling y'all to don't be goofy. I want y'all to hear me. (laughs) But also understand that when you you will always reap what you sow, but it it will not always be where you sow. So these people out here be like, if you sow $2, then you're going to get $200. Mm -hmm. Find a new church, friend. It's, it's, it's trash over there. That's not how this works. But your obedience, because God says he will always give more seed to the sower. When people call me and they need things, I give freely and willingly because that's who God called us to be because we are supernaturally paid. It's not yeah. even my money. I just get to hold it and manage exactly. it and look at it. <laughs> Come on. That's, that's the word right there. It ain't even our money. Literally. God is just bringing it through us. I hope that y'all took that and definitely wrote that down because that was so good. 
This has been, I cannot even put a word on it. <laughs> this has been eye-opening. I know that it's going to make some people go and open up their Bible, which is always like the ultimate goal. I know that it's going to activate even deeper faith in God for a lot of people. And I'm just really, really grateful to have had you here, just to be taking your time out to have done this interview and really just like bring it, bring it. When I know that you're trying to just catch up on so much work from after the hurricane and not having Wi-Fi and stuff like that, I really, really, really appreciate you for taking the time out. No, I thank you for having me. And Raven, what I'll do, I am very passionate about people learning how to study the Bible. And I have a free uh, masterclass. I will give you the link so you can drop it or share it for people who have never been taught how to study the Bible, right? I, it annoys me that we will tell people, like, you should pray. Don't tell them how, where to start, why, why it's important. We don't give them any of the tools. And so even though I was going in today, y'all, okay, I really do have a heart to teach and I want people to grow because we all, if we're a body, right? Raven, you may be a lung, I may be a kidney, but the body, if let one of them go out, <laughs> right? And so exactly. we all have a role to play. And so I, I want to um, share that with you. We had a, a fast in the society and this girl, I, we often do things and don't realize the, the impact. And so she said, I'm a, I'm a PK, a preacher's kid. And nobody ever had taught me to study the Bible. And she was like, I took doc, Dr. Charlotte's um, course here and it changed the game for me. And I literally was on the floor. <laughs> like what? Girl. <laughs> So I want to, I need to, God had to let me know to get more bold in just even sharing that, right? Because again, I don't be marketing. I'm a nurse, okay? Can I give you an IV? <laughs> but but I, I am very passionate about, um, about that. And so I will send that information to you because I really, this is really about you being empowered. You want to be supernaturally paid? Get in God's word, it's there. He wants you to prosper as your soul prospers. It's there. And so on top of these personal experiences, God is not a respecter of persons. If he'll do it for Raven and he'll do it for me, then he'll do it for you. Like stop thinking that these people have something that you don't. Mm. We serve the same God. He sent Jesus to die for you too. Yes. Y'all better be taking these notes now. When I tell y'all like this class is about to be a whole entire blessing for you guys. Like, I mean, I'm just even sitting here thinking about you saying that you met the lady that said nobody had ever really taught her. I mean, I felt the same way. You know, it's just something that by the grace of God, like I've been able to learn. But I know so many people are like, I want to go deeper. You know, I want to really know God. I want to really know. I want to really follow Christ. You know, I want to be in that place where whatever situation is happening in my life, immediately I know how to respond to it with the word of God. And there is definitely a method to that. So I'm just so appreciative of you even being willing to share that class with them. I just want to tell y'all just how proud I am of y'all for just sticking it out with us on every single God Pays Me interview that we've done. I'm telling you, like, 
God sees the seeds that you're planting, even in terms of your time. And I know that it's not going to go in vain. I just think we got to touch on that as well, because so often we just think that seeds is just about money. The same way Charlotte said getting paid is not just about money and a monetary thing. Seeds are the same way. So I want y'all to just know and understand that God sees you seeking him. He sees you seeking his seeing how his hand works through other people. He sees you wanting to go deeper in him and he's never going to leave you or forsake you. When I think about like money and finances and being in a place of like really trusting God, one of the things that I always just try to remind myself of is that it doesn't matter what type of financial situation I'm in, whether I got $10 million in my bank account, 10,000 or $10, God knew what my bank account was going to look like. And I know he got this. I keep telling people, y'all want to be talking about a recession in the fourth quarter. Y'all want to be talking about what Biden is saying and what this person is saying and this Congress rep and all of this stuff. I am standing on Psalms 37, 19. God said that in the midst of a famine, he will give me abundance. I'm standing on that. I'm believing it. I'm going to quote it every day until my voice gets hoarse. I'm going to write it down wherever I need to write it down at to remind myself. I'm standing on it because God doesn't lie. These politicians, they're going to lie to you every time. These people, you even going to have clients that don't do right by you, that don't pay their invoices. That's why I don't depend on people and economies for my money. I depend on God because he's never going to change up on me. It literally tells us that in the scripture, God is the same the same. (laughs) He ain't about to change. He's not going to just one day say, man, you know what? I really don't feel like providing for them, man. They getting on my nerve. It's like, he's not going to be like that. So I'm just so grateful Mm -hmm. to have been able to just lead a conference of this magnitude. Even the example of this, you know, when God told me to do this conference, I just remember looking at all the other things I had going on on my calendar. I'm having a live event next week here in Dallas. And then the week after that, I'm going to be traveling to Baltimore to get with uh, Anchor Media and be recording the second season of my podcast. Yes. Yes. So this was kind of like really my only like one of two working weeks in October. And God is saying to do this. And I knew that he wanted me to do it for free. Imagine me saying, I'm not going to do this because this is free. How am I going to make money off of that? I got other things. I'm not focusing on that. This is a seed. Every interview, as far as I'm concerned, is a seed. So I'm just so grateful for what God is going to do for all of the speakers. Also, what God is going to do for everybody that has been obedient and showing up here to every single interview. So we really appreciate appreciate you guys. Make sure that you click on the link below so that you can connect with Sharla and follow her and also make sure that you look out in your email. We'll make sure that you get that free course over to you guys. I know that it's going to bless y'all and I will see y'all in another edition of the God Pays Me Virtual Summit. I am so grateful that y'all have listened to another episode of the Supernaturally Paid podcast. Now, y'all know I love when y'all leave me a five-star review and also share some of your feedback from the podcast episode. So make sure that you do that. Make sure that you hit that subscribe button and make sure that you share the Supernaturally Paid podcast with a friend.